So much in life is scripted, but this is unedited. Listen in as we have casual conversations about art and faith. Hello and welcome to Unedited, casual conversations about art and faith. Uh, my name is Farley Sanderford. And I'm Jennifer Chetlett. And today we have a very special guest with us, our friend Toby Westbury, who is the artist for July for Gallery Edit. Uh, we just had the first Friday show, um, and so he is joining us here today. We're going to do some interview questions, and he's going to tell us more about his art and stuff. Hello there. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. So, should we just jump right into yeah, the questions? Let's just jump in, yeah. Let's just jump in. So, the first question is, tell us about yourself. Oh, geez. That's a very <laughs> broad question. Specifically about, like, your art. Like, yeah, what's journey? your... Art journey? Your, uh, so, isn't it called, like, <laughs> an elevator pitch? What's your 30 seconds? 30 seconds of who I am as an artist. Sure. Okay, that's a little bit easier. Uh, who I am as an artist. I would say, I, in the past, I have tended to explore more socio-political themes, through coming at them from a faith angle, um, and as my work and my uh, my own spiritual journey has progressed, it's become gradually more and more nuanced. So early on in my in my work, um, it was kind of it was a bit provocateur ish, um, and as I've grown, I try to stay away from that a little bit, or at least push myself in the direction of being a little bit more nuanced, a little bit more introspective, and a little less preachy. Um, and my work technically is leans towards uh, definitely a printmaker's aesthetic, a traditional printmaker's aesthetic, mm -hmm. with me constantly trying to figure out how to pull um, color and a painterly aesthetic in as well, I'm trying to find a, a marriage between the two. Speaking of marriage, your lovely uh, wife is also on our art team. Mm -hmm. She, I'll say it again, is our intro and outro voice. <laughs> um, so how long have you been married? Uh, put me on the spot if I get this wrong. Oh, yeah, you're oh, in trouble. Let's see if I think it's been five years. Yeah. Five years? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And you have a, a new addition to your family? Yes, a kitty cat named Cleocatra. Cleocatra. <laughs> our, our, our previous cat was Frida Catlow, so we got to keep that cat pun name consistent. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, back to your show. Mm-hmm. I gave you this question the other night, but I thought it was a good one, so I wanted to ask it again here. Mm. Um, if you could sum up your show in one sentence, what would it be? It's probably not going to be the same sentence, because I don't recall what I said there. That's okay. Um, I think I said something along the lines of, and I would, even if I didn't, don't remember, it would be something like, we're all spiritual beings, whether we acknowledge that or not, and my work tries to get at the complicated nature of where my spiritual beliefs, practices, inner being interacts with yours. And where that gets really fuzzy is when you start to recognize that we are all spiritual beings and we all have complicated, nuanced questions and beliefs about our world and about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so the work um, tries to get at those topics, which are buried beneath the surface of all of us, but tries to also acknowledge that those are complex things. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, you take on a lot of big themes mm. with this show yeah. that um, that are really relevant and current as well as, um, you know, overarching. Like, I think your show would show just as well five years from now mm. or five years ago. Like, mm. I think mm. um, they're, they're good. They're good. 
so because I am not an artist, I'm not a visual artist, mm-hmm. um, but I love art. Uh, one of my favorite questions to ask artists is about um, their processes, mm. like the actual, the physical process that you go through. So you, mm-hmm. you like you mentioned, you work in printmaking and in um, sort of painterly sort of aesthetics as well. Yeah, Can yeah. you tell us a little bit more detail about your your processes? So if I give you a little bit of the backstory, it would probably give some insight into that okay. and why I, I kind of keep using the word marriage is I started out as a, as a painter primarily in high school. That was kind of my first introduction is a little bit of like surrealist kind of things. And then very quickly I was like, I'm going to try out the like abstract expressionist kind of thing, mm-hmm. experimenting with that. Um, and then around that time, by the time I got out of high school, I started dabbing a little bit on street art, stencils and things like that, you know, because I was wanting to be cool or whatever. At the time, <laughs> Did you, know, you skateboard also? I skateboarded and then I switched quickly to doing aggressive inlines. What is that? Oh, like minute. skading. It's rollerblading, but it's the cool thing where you do tricks and not just going through the park with your elbow pads. So that, wow. Like so jumping down staircases. And I all still that have stuff. a pair of rollerblades. So that's like, you can use regular rollerblades. I'm not going to No, you actually have to buy different oh, kinds. That's okay. what makes do they it have different. Like, yes, they only have different? two wheels in the front and the back. Yeah. So you can do grinds and all kinds can of things. Can you do all that? I used to. It's been wow. a hot minute since I've done it. <laughs> All right, I'm I think they're like still in the closet somewhere. Performance show, like we could do a performance thing performance art. on mm. like a first Friday or on a Thursday night session. Yeah. Practice, practice, All right, deal. Get back. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. Go no, ahead. you're good. You're good. So yeah, I was coming out of doing kind of experimenting with stencils, and I thought that was going to be my thing. That was when I discovered Banksy, and Keith Haring actually was my mm. uh, my gateway into like the more provocateur kind of yeah. things, whatever. Um, those two together were just you know a world. And so by the time I got to university, my advisor was a printmaking professor and he was a good printmaking evangelist. And he's like, oh, you know, you know, street art is really just comes out of the world of printmaking and they're just copying this style. I was like, you're just trying to sell me something. He's like, no, really take one of my classes. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll take one of your classes. First time that we ever did the first project we did was a multi-layer woodcut. Mm -hmm. And that process of making lines and images with a tactile process of carving stuff by hand. I was like, this is it. I fell in love with it. So it was coming from a painter background, still loving color and layers and things like that. Ever since then, I've tried to figure out how to keep a nice printmaker's aesthetic, but be able to try and kind of keep things um, layered and color. So that has been a little bit of my process about when that's when I said trying to marry those two things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I've been really drawn to the traditional woodcut aesthetic. Yeah, some of yours are woodcut and some are MDF. Mm-hmm. MDF is a type of wood, kind of. It's is like it? essentially it's like okay. sawdust that's been... Like glued together. together yeah okay. so it's wood but it has no grain okay so traditional woodcuts wouldn't use mdf because it wasn't around back in the day but sure. it's like i think what it's what a lot of printmakers use that do wood now are they different like to, are they different in when you're carving and do they react differently um if you have a traditional wood like pine you have to work with the grain mm-hmm. or your tools have to be really really sharp uh-huh. but with mdf you just you can go in every direction mm-hmm. because you don't have to worry about the grain of the wood you reference to um artists who are out there a lot and, and sometimes controversial, but what, mm. what role do you think art plays in responding to injustice in the world? Mm. Or does it? I think it definitely does. If I want to have a really bold claim, I would say something like art creates the worlds in which we explore. Um, it presents ideals to the public and things like that. And that may be what I would have said, or maybe that's more Banksy's approach or something mm-hmm. like that I'm not going to dare speak for him, whoever he is. But I would say now, probably more of where I'm at, I would say at least is an invitation to a conversation in which mm-hmm. the the piece of art sets up 
kind of the symbols and the the atmosphere for that discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I'm not going to be so arrogant to say that art is a direct solver of problems by mm-hmm. themselves, but I think it is an invitation to something. Especially when you have really strong imagery, it can really kind of shock that conversation and get it kind of jump started. Yeah, and it's kind of almost a common language, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Or a language outside of language, like yes, you know, written and spoken language. It's, yeah. it almost lets you communicate on another level, like you mentioned that it, you get the shock value that mm-hmm. that will will translate regardless of what you speak, what yeah. language you speak, which yeah. I think is powerful. Yeah, and that was what was really lovely about doing work in Istanbul was we got to create work, especially my work is more re- representational, while Leah's is more kind of more abstract expressionist mm-hmm. kind of thing with her textile stuff. But mine was kind of front-loaded with this imagery and like symbolism that it doesn't matter if I don't speak very good Turkish, you can mm-hmm. understand that's a chimp skull, mm-hmm. and we can start a discussion about X, Y, and Z, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had a f- really close friend who he spoke about as much English as I did Turkish, mm-hmm. but our, we really resonated with each other's work because I say, I really don't know how to say this in Turkish, but I see this in your work. And that's really lovely. And we mm-hmm. just connected. And so we just hang out and go to art galleries and things like that. Um, and it does, it has that ability to transcend direct language into mm-hmm. kind of universal things that all, almost all humans can resonate with. Do you want to talk about what you did in Istanbul? or We uh, ran an art gallery for the first half of our time. And then throughout that time, we were also producing work. So it's like a two-year residency, essentially. Okay. Um, and we use that to kind of be a part of the art community there. Mm-hmm. Mostly the younger kind of art community, not necessarily the established art scene. but. Right. Yeah, and we did some workshops and things like that. Um, so my next question is about a specific work that's from the mm. show. And actually, what I understand is your most recent yeah. finished, like, was, completed was work. Finished. Is it, is it like, dry yet? Yeah, I haven't touched it. I don't dry. know. I don't touch the art. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so it's called Repaying the Favor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell me more about that one? Because mm-hmm. most of your other work I've seen before, but this one was... Brand no. First, describe it. And yeah. You can go to Gallery Edits, our social media, and see that I think this piece has already been posted. Probably. But, but describe it for our listeners. And this is the problem with audio is and with the technique that I've been doing, exploring, um, I did not pioneer it, by the way. I <laughs> saw other people kind of experimenting with it. It's multi-layered MDF, meaning it is multiple pieces of MDF cut out with a jigsaw, so they're freeform shape. And they're stacked on top of one another. And then those pieces individually are carved and painted. Um, the image is uh, a, what, what's, what would you call that, a mannequin? The actual, like, drawer, like an artist mannequin. Yeah, it's like the pose. little wooden one. that like it's like it's It reminds me of the little tabletop wooden mm-hmm. one that, that you that's would, a, that's exactly you would what it pose is. To, to get proportions of the body. Yes. No right. face. It's just a, the old-timey little wooden. Yeah, that's thing. exactly what it is. I just wouldn't know what else to call it except right. an artist mannequin. Yeah, I think So it is it that. Is. It's an artist mannequin. I, mean, I don't want to give away too much up front, at least. Artist mannequin reaching out with its hand extended beyond the square plane. And from its limbs and back... It hangs a marionette controller that hangs down below the the square image. So can you, you tell have, us more, like more about like the meaning? And the yeah, behind it? can you give us some insight into it? Do you want me to just pull back the curtain, tell you what it, what is going on? Or do you want me to just put the symbols out there, explain them, and let you kind of piece it together? No, I because people can't look at it. Just tell us. Okay, okay just, here we go. Just give it to us um, straight. All right, here's, here's what's up with it. Okay, so I'll tell you the symbols, and then I'll tell you the piece, and then it becomes really obvious. Uh, the title of the piece, then it becomes really obvious, or at least the significance of the title. Mm-hmm. So um, the figure is in the pose of 
God from the creation of Adam, from the Sistine mm-hmm. Chapel, from Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. It would be obvious that there was an opposite mannequin with reaching out, almost touching, but it's in the shape of God. And so that immediately, hopefully, draws the mind to saying, what is it about this that represents God? Um, and as an artist, you probably know if you've ever done studies of a mannequin, I, as the artist, get to choose what that mannequin does. Mm-hmm. So, and you place that, layer that with the symbol of God, it starts kind of getting fuzzy. Like, wait a second, I didn't think that was the way it usually should go. Mm-hmm. And then you attach a mannequin controller to it, like a marionette, mm-hmm. um, and it further confuses that. But then the title is repaying the favor, but it comes from a Voltaire quote. Mm-hmm. The translation is something like, in the beginning, God created man in his own image, and we have been repaying the favor ever since. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the title comes from. So it's kind of getting at the nature of God talk mm-hmm. in total. And there's a philosopher named Arthur Schopenhauer that his essential like critique of religion was, isn't it convenient that uh, European Europeans theology makes God look like a European? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very obvious in art historically, at least, you know, most directly, that God most often represents us mm-hmm. and not the other way around. And that's an indictment on, on our propensity to, to do God talk and, and think about theological things. When they're very complicated topics, we have to be careful we're not projecting onto the sky. That's really good. You're deep in thought about that one now. Oh, yeah. Now I want to go look at it again. I know. I want to go look at it again. I really like, and we always use the wrong word, so I'll, forgive me. I like the gorilla prints. Okay. What do you do? You call them primates? What do you call them? Primates. Well, they're the, the actual title is okay. cool gorilla. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, Are we talking about the all the primates or well, just the no, I'm talking about the, the yes, I like oh, those. Okay. Tell me about those. Tell me about what they're on. Tell me right. about. There's not very much buried beneath the surface on those pieces. Mm-hmm. That was that came strictly out of um, just kind of organic kind of playing around in the studio. There mm-hmm. were some old torn up encyclopedias in the studio mm-hmm. in Turkey that we were working in. Um, and just start experimenting on paper. Once again, my printmaking professor, that's what he does. He'll do images on maps and mm-hmm. things like that. So I was like, a little bit of that influence coming in. So I was just kind of playing around with that. I'd actually developed that image out of just, I had been drawing primates for a while. Right. During that whole series of right. work. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious once you see the show. That's been kind of one of my things I've been kind of mm-hmm. returning to. And we were going to be doing a workshop in Istanbul in our place. And I wanted to have a little tiny wood or linoleum cut mm-hmm. that people could come in and stamp and kind of understand the printmaking process. Sure. So I was like, well, I'll just take one of my drawings I've already done mm-hmm. and do that. And then once the, the workshop was over, I was like, okay, I actually like this image. I'm going to yeah. keep doing it and keep repeating they, it. They fit in really well with yeah. everything else. They add some texture and yeah. to the show. I, I like that. And a little bit of fun. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's not really. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. I think that's, that's probably why, why I like them too. Well, on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. (laughs) So my personal favorite piece is um, the big giant one. Oh. Compassion isn't necessary. It's just war. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Which is super powerful. And Mm -hmm. I see it kind of as like a modern day type of pieta. Yes. That's exactly Um, what it is. So how did you conceive of this idea? Mm. Part one question. Okay. Part two what kinds of interactions have you had with viewers of this piece or have they shared any, have you had some conversations about this particular work? I'm curious mm-hmm. about that. Okay, again, it probably should be described. First, the size. It's big. How big is it? I think it's approximately five by six foot. Okay. And it is not a square dimensioned. It's kind of organic shapes like on top of out. organic shapes. Um, it is, once again, it's MDF. It's three layers of stacked MDF, so it comes off the wall a solid six inches, I think, with the spacers in between each piece. Mm-hmm. Um, the image itself, 
like Carla said, is it is reminiscent of the Pieta. As soon as you look at it, and if you know what that is, it is the that's the classical name. I, I guess Latin. I'm not really sure for the image of uh, Mary holding the crucified Jesus. Um, and Michelangelo has a really famous example that he did the statue. Um, so Which the piece, is weird. Yes, it is. Her proportion. She's way too large. Yeah, she got a big. Old she's a big old mama. <laughs> <laughs> big lap. <laughs> anyway, um, I digress. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it, it is reminiscent of that, and it is part of my senior show. It's actually the oldest piece in the show up now. Mm. Um, I did three pieces that size that wow. all were throwbacks to classical religious iconography of some mm -hmm. sort. That was the first piece I thought about doing that approach. Um, that image came to me, and I thought about how I could kind of play around with it. Have you had any kinds of interesting conversations or interactions with people as they're looking at this work? Well, I guess I should describe it a little bit more, because I just said roughly the Pieta, but yeah. I haven't told you Yeah, but it it's was. like a modern-day kind yes, of interpretation it is, of it. It is a Marine, a modern-day Marine, down on his knees, screaming and holding a dead Afghan man in his arms. So mm -hmm. the There's dead kind Afghan. of a helicopter. Yes, and the helicopter is... kind of like a halo -ish. Exactly. That's what it's supposed to be. It's a halo behind the figure that, that is substituting for, for Mary. Um, and the shape that the background is, this weird kind of funky organic shape that those two figures are on top of is the shape of Iraq. I don't know if y'all mm, caught that. I hadn't caught no. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. And the Marine that posted that picture for me is one of my close friends. I'm not going to say his name. But I replaced his name both to keep him anonymous because mm -hmm. the work is kind of controversial. Yeah. Um, but also to tie that to a historical conversation, the the name on the Marines tag is Litke, as in Charles Litke. If you've ever seen the movie Forrest Gump, the footage that Tom Hanks is cut into of the, um, the soldier, or excuse me, the I'm not sure if he was a soldier or not, receiving the Medal of Honor from Kennedy, I believe it was. That actually is real footage, and Charles Litke is the man to receive that Medal of Honor. Oh, wow. And the real story is similar okay. to Tom Hanks yeah, yeah, in yeah. that he um, he rushed into the jungle, Vietnam, and got a bunch of a uh, bunch of wounded folk out, and he was rewarded the Medal of Honor. Mm -hmm. And then early two thousand three ish, when we invaded Iraq, he is the only living person, Charles Litke, to seal up his Medal of Honor and send it back and say, "I want no part of this." Wow. So in protest to some of the stuff that was going on, and he did it. And he was a Christian kind of his ethics coming through a little bit, yeah. you know, in protest of all that kind of fuzziness over there. And so that's kind of what the piece is getting at. And the Marine, like I said, that poster, that piece, he was hurt in, I don't want to say where, but he was hurt in, in the same war. Um, and he, coming back, kind of reassessed some of his views on that topic. Mm -hmm. And he and I kind of landed on a similar page, so that piece kind of grew out of those conversations. Mm -hmm. um, and I hope to be able to translate that inner struggle, that compassion, that tragedy of that moment through that piece. And so some of the reactions have been pretty successful getting at that mm -hmm. um, and introducing people to the nature of warfare and that it is tragic. It both harms the, the victims and the perpetrators. Mm -hmm. No one walks away from that situation without being scarred mm -hmm. mentally or emotionally. Sure. There are two books that I, I kind of studied a little bit on this topic. One was called on killing, and it was from mm -hmm. that perspective, from the nature of, it was a general, um, Lieutenant Grossman, I think it was, that wrote about the nature of the harm that it does to the people perpetrating the violence. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, where the title come from, of the piece was a book by Andrew Filala, a philosophy professor. It's called The Just War Myth, and it gets at, once again, the fuzzy nature of the things that we do in war, and we just cover it in the name of just war theory and things like that. So... That piece gets at a lot of the things, and some of the reactions that I've got have been, wow, this piece is really powerful, to some of the people that have been in the Marines or part of the armed forces have said, you know, well, my uncle or my brother is part of this, and 
this really reminds me of him and his inner struggle and things like that. So those conversations have been really, really lovely. And I've surprisingly, I've not had a whole lot of pushback, um, even though this was originally presented at my university, which was a military school. Yeah. Wow. There's so many conversations out there because my son is in the military. Yeah. And uh, I have a lot of mixed feelings about all of that. But that's yeah. interesting. It is a very powerful piece of art. Very yeah. powerful piece of art. So the last question um, at the show, uh, some, a friend of mine, we were talking about the show, and she said that she saw a sadness in your show, which I thought was really an interesting comment. Do you feel that? Was that your intended mm. reaction? Can you see it? Yeah, I definitely see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so okay, I'll say this as a funny kind of aside. So if you know me personally, you, you may have heard this before, and this isn't directly connected my, with my work, but it definitely influences my style and my nature of expressions. I'm a big metalhead. I love a lot of really heavy metal, uh-huh. really a lot of like really aggressive stuff. Uh-huh. And I saw, and I've been listening to it for a long time, and I saw this meme a couple years ago, and it was just like flash of epiphany, whatever, and it says something like, metal fans and metal artists, people that listen to that kind of music, listen to it because it's an expression of the world that they see around them, mm-hmm. not necessarily the anger that they feel inside. Okay. So it is a mirror reaction to say to expose the nature of the world around them, saying, this, I feel so like the world's being so hostile toward me. Mm-hmm. So it's the nature of that art form of metal is pretty aggressive, right? Right. When in most cases, a lot of cases, people that you meet are actually the metal heads or whatever, are actually pretty gentle, pretty kind and thoughtful. So I, I translate that. It's pretty obvious what I'm saying is that my work is kind of a lamentation of the kind of problems that I see in the world and our society and reflects just kind of my nature of my own beliefs. But also I consistently in my work historically have tried to make all the pieces say something that I want someone to walk away and say, I want to rethink what I think about such and such topic. And so historically that has lent itself to me making pretty strong images and pretty mm-hmm. strong like grabs at those kinds of things. So sadness would be an okay, in your mind, reaction to what you've made. Yeah, I would say maybe sadness and maybe this is just nitpicking. I would actually, I actually like the word lamentations more okay. because it's not just an that's eternal big, sadness. I know that's a, a bible word. It is a bible word, but it gets at something that's like, I'm not merely sad about this, but I lament over the situation. Right. I'm not Almost just like sad. mourning. Yes, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's a better word, mourning. No, I'm not just sad about this. Yeah. I, I want... There's like a loss. There's yes. some kind of like yeah. pain Okay, so you see sad as more... As like an inward a, feeling, As a feeling, a temp- mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. mourning is... Okay, all right, that's interesting. But sadness is not a bad thing. Right. But Why? I would hope more. that people would get right. more than just sadness. Sure. No, that's, that's good. Um, is there anything else that we have not covered that you want to talk about or anything that happened Friday night or anything... Mm. Any piece? Is there anything else you want to talk about? As my work progresses, and I think I may have said this a few moments ago, I hope to continually be provocative while being nuanced. And I'm glad that the large the PA top piece, the Just War piece, is such an invitation because I want to continually make my work moderately explicit in what I'm trying to say, but not mere provocatorness because mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily helpful as I grow I see the I see the the beauty in being more nuanced and being more subtle and I heard something a buddy came by the other night and it's the first time I've ever heard someone say this and I was I was really really humbled by this comment because it's what I want to be I actually don't think I am what he said yet but I want to be what he suggested what he said was when he sees other provocative work it is a here take this mentality and he said my work was an 
invitation to walk away with something. Hmm. And he kind of used those words, and I thought that was really, really lovely. And I hope that my work can become more like that, an mm-hmm. invitation to end a conversation and walk away re- with some reflection. And not just, let me preach at you for a second, mm-hmm. and then you get out of my face. Isn't that that's such an interesting um, analogy, I think, in evangelism and talking about our faith with mm. people and yeah. you know and what we're striving to become as as believers i don't know i, I think about how people shared their faith 50 60 years ago when mm. you would knock on the door and you know and, and it's just different now but I, I think that's interesting well thank you for being here thanks for having me yeah the show will be up for all of july um thanks for listening if you would like to reach out to us you can do so uh, by email at podcast at reachthenations.org and we will see you next time thanks thanks for listening to unedited this podcast is produced in cooperation with hillside missions and gallery edit in richmond virginia you can reach us at podcast at reachthenations.org